Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, January 21st, and this is your FT News Briefing. France and the United States work out a temporary truce on digital tax. Meanwhile, the EU has a new warning for the UK when it comes to post-Brexit trade. And lawyers for Huawei's Meng Wanzhou argue that U.S. charges against their client are, quote, fiction during an extradition hearing in Canada yesterday. But first, the U.S. Senate impeachment trial of Donald Trump starts today. The FT's Lauren Fedor explains how the trial might look under a framework that was put forward by Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on Monday night. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. So this was a a long-awaited resolution, and we're expecting the Senate to vote on it today. It's likely to be approved by the Senate, which is controlled by Republicans at the moment. One of the things that it's setting the stage for are marathon hearings this week. So the first main event on Wednesday at 1 p.m., we're expecting the opening arguments from both House Democrats, who are acting as prosecutors, and Donald Trump's defense team. McConnell has said that each side will have 24 hours over a two-day period to make their arguments. What this means in practice is what we could see are marathon hearings going well into the wee hours of the morning. Like I said, it'll start at 1 p.m. local time. We could see this going on until, you know, 1 a.m. or even later each night. Democrats have jumped on this and said that McConnell is basically trying to hide the proceedings from the American people, most of whom will be fast asleep. Lauren, there was also a part of Mr. McConnell's resolution that dealt with witnesses, something that has been a a real hot button issue leading up to today's trial. Right. So Democrats have been talking about this for more than a month. McConnell hasn't agreed to hear witnesses, but what he has agreed to in principle is for a debate after the opening statements and after some questions by senators for both sides. He said that they can have a debate about whether to include witnesses. Now, you know, everyone has been really eagerly watching every move of a handful of moderate Republican senators who really will be deciding vote here about whether or not those witnesses will be included. But the real surprise in last night's resolution was that McConnell has said now that if witnesses were to be included, he would want all of them to testify in a closed-door deposition first. And then only after those closed-door sessions would the Senate decide whether or not to hear from those witnesses in an open trial, i.e. could the American people actually hear what they have to say. Again, the Democrats have jumped on this and, and accused McConnell of a cover-up. So, Lauren, Mr. McConnell's resolution was only one part of yesterday's news. Earlier in the day, we saw Mr. Trump's legal team come out with the president's defense. So the president's legal team published a rather large 171-page document on Monday. The legal brief it kind of makes two arguments, both a process argument and a substance argument. So on the process, they repeat the criticisms that the president has made over and over and over again, which is that the House Democrats have run some sort of rigged or unfair process when it came to investigating and then ultimately impeaching the president at the end of last year. And then point two is that the lawyers really take issue with the articles of impeachment themselves. If you remember, the president was impeached on two charges. The first was abuse of power 
And the second was obstruction of Congress. And the president's lawyers are arguing that both of those are not impeachable offenses and would not merit his removal from office. It's important to remember just a definition point, but the president has already been impeached in the House. And now the Senate trial that begins today is really a, uh, a kind of case trial hearing, if you will, as to whether or not he should be uh, convicted of those charges and removed from office. Huawei Chief Financial Officer Meng Wanzhou has been fighting extradition to the U.S. since shortly after she was arrested in Vancouver in late 2018. And yesterday, she appeared in a Canadian court on the first day of a highly anticipated hearing for the case. Ms. Meng has been charged with bank fraud. But during yesterday's hearing, Ms. Meng's lawyers said the case amounted to, quote, fiction. Her attorney, Richard Peck, said the attempt to extradite was actually meant to punish Ms. Meng for violating U.S. sanctions against Iran. These are sanctions that are not recognized in Canada. He added that the case was really about Donald Trump's foreign policy. Separately, the U.S. has been pushing allies not to adopt Huawei's technology over security concerns. U.S. authorities say Beijing can use Huawei equipment to spy on the West. And while Ms. Meng is the daughter of the founder of Huawei, U.S. officials say the case is not about this issue. But it has put pressure on Canadian authorities and the country's relationship with China. France is putting off digital tax payments that would affect the likes of Amazon, Google, and Facebook. For now. It's in exchange for the U.S. holding back on new tariffs on French goods. On Monday, French President Emmanuel Macron tweeted that he had a, quote, great discussion with Donald Trump on digital tax. France has said that its digital tax would make sure that the world's tech giants paid the appropriate amount in taxes for transactions, even in countries where they don't have a major physical presence. The U.S. says the tax unfairly targets American companies and threatened France with tariffs if it was imposed. A French finance ministry official said the two sides had agreed to a ceasefire until the end of the year, one condition being they would continue talks on digital taxation at the OECD later this year. The détente comes as French finance minister Bruno Le Maire and U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin prepare to meet at the World Economic Forum meetings in Davos this week. The two had set Davos as a deadline to figure out a solution for the dispute. And yesterday, the European Commission said the UK could be fined or lose preferential access to the European market if it violates the terms of a future deal with the EU. The FT's EU correspondent, Jim Brunston, explains what this means as the two sides approach the January 31st Brexit deadline. The EU side is approaching these talks saying, look, the UK wants to have a new relationship based around a free trade deal. But the free trade deal it wants is much more ambitious than the free trade deal that, say, the European Union has with Canada or has with Japan. The UK is looking for a free trade deal without any tariffs, without any quota restrictions on exporting British goods into the European market. So the EU side says, because of all that, it's justified trying to impose tougher requirements. And one of the things it wants is it wants a dispute settlement system built into this new arrangement, which would make sure that it can act quickly, decisively, if it senses that the UK is not living up to its side of the bargain. So if the UK doesn't live up to promises it's made, for example, to stay in zinc with with EU environmental laws or labour market laws or, or state aid rules, it wants to be able to act very quickly. And one of the options it wants is that in a dispute settlement situation, 
if it's found that the UK is not living up to its requirements, then the UK could face financial penalties. Jim, how did the UK react to this push by the European Commission? Well, so there's a really interesting aspect to this, which is in the earlier stages of Brexit, the EU was very fond of accusing the UK of cherry picking because early on in Brexit, the UK was floating ideas like having access to the single market, uh, full access to the single market, but only for certain sectors like the car industry, for example. And now it's all switched around in the sense that the UK says that we're, we're wanting a classic Canada style free trade agreement. And yet the EU is trying to impose obligations on us as if we're asking to be in the single market and the EU customs union. And we're not. So they're saying that we, we appreciate that. There's not going to be frictionless trade. But what the EU is now doing is trying to have its cake and eat it. So there's a really interesting dynamic being developed here where it's now the UK side that intellectually is able to argue that the, the EU side is behaving hypocritically. And I think that those allegations of hypocrisy or sorry, accusations of hypocrisy are something we're going to see. And, th- and that was already the reaction from the, from the UK to this presentation by the Commission that talks about financial penalties. Um, it was to say, look, this kind of model for dispute settlement that the EU is coming up with is a model that would be more suitable for Norway or for a country with a closer relationship to the EU single market and possibly to the EU customs union than the model that we're seeking because we're seeking a tariff-free, quota-free trade deal. It's still a trade deal. And still, you know, that means that the trade deal model should apply, not some of these requirements that the EU are trying to impose. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.